Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel Record of Luke. The Gospel Record of Luke and chapter number 5. The Gospel Record of Luke and chapter number 5. As we've been traveling together into the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have already hit the early part of Jesus Christ's life from his conception to his birth to him as a young teenager. And then we saw as he begins his public ministry. His public ministry began with his public baptism. It was followed by him going to the wilderness and we watched him as he preached his first message. And now as he's beginning his public ministry, it is now time to recruit some of the disciples to be following alongside with him. And we find this starting in the gospel record of Luke and chapter number five. The gospel record of Luke. So Matthew, Mark, Luke. Mark, <laughs> we find ourselves the gospel record of Luke in chapter number five. As we look together, notice with me starting at verse number one. Luke chapter five and verse one. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night, and have not taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had thus done... They enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come out and help them. And they came and filled out both ships, so they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Him. And if you have it of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find the Lord Jesus Christ giving instructions to Simon Peter in Luke chapter 5, in the gospel record of Luke chapter 5, and notice with me in verse number 4, let down your nets, let down your 
nets. And if you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you today, we just ask you that you would give us grace and understanding. Help us as we see the calling of your disciples to follow after you and the instructions that you gave to your disciples that we may learn from their calling and learn from the instructions and what they were supposed to do. And that we ourselves can forsake all and follow you and that you would do a wonderful work within our lives. Thank you again for this opportunity. And again, I dare not trust my own. I surrender my thoughts, my goals, what I want to see get accomplished, my mind, my intellect, give them all to you and ask that you fill me with your precious spirit and that you would do a work that only you and you alone can do tonight. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we begin this calling of the disciples, the very first thing I'd like to show you is fishing for fishers. Fishing for fishers. Now Jesus Christ is at the time where he's beginning to call the disciples. And so as he begins, he starts off where he's fishing. He's fishing for fishers. Fishing for fishers. Notice with me in verse 1. And it came to pass as the people pressed upon him, that's Jesus, to hear the word of God, he stood by Lake Gennesaret. Now, for those of you who like Bible geography, Lake Gennesaret is the same as the Sea of Galilee. It's just a different name. So this is the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Gennesaret. It's also called in other parts the Sea of Chinnereth. The Sea of Chinnereth, the Lake Gennesaret, the uh, Sea of Galilee, all of those are the same body of water. He's right outside of the city of Capernaum where he's making his uh, base at. And it just so happens that as he's preaching, all these people are coming to hear Jesus. They're all trying to get to him. They're all pressing on. And as a public speaker, it is very hard and difficult to preach when everyone's right in your face. So verse number two, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Now fishermen at this time usually did most of their fishing at night. So they would head out before sunset and they would trawl the waters at night trying to get as many fish as they could. And then they would come in the morning, take their fish, they would clean them and get things and then they would mend their nets. They would wash the net from all the seaweed and all the junk that they had gathered up. They would fix any holes and so that would be their morning chores after they caught the fish and took care of the fish, they would have to fix the nets. And so as Jesus is preaching, the people are pressing on. He looks and sees that there are two boats that have returned. They happen to be the boats of two uh, business families of James and John and of Peter and his brother Andrew. And so they owned these two ships. They had worked together as business partners. They parked their ships and they were fixing their nets when Jesus was preaching. Jesus was looking for a solution as everyone was pressing against him. And so here's the solution. Verse number three. And he, Jesus, entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him or asked him that he, Simon, would thrust out a little from the land. And he, Jesus, sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So what he did is he used the natural um, landscape. He got into this boat, allowed Peter to push him out just a little bit, and Jesus sat down from the boat, and there he could teach to the whole crowd, have some room between them, but also allow the natural amplification effects of him being on the, on the lake 
preaching so everyone could hear him. And so he takes some time and he's preaching. And Jesus is preaching the word of God and he's preaching these messages. And the people are hearing off to the side. You could have the fishermen who are working on their nets and they're listening to Jesus preach. So here's Simon and Andrew and James and John and they're working on the nets and cleaning the nets and fixing them while they're listening to Jesus. Now, the acoustics of this area, as I just mentioned, are phenomenal. If you ever get a chance to go to the Holy Land, it is amazing because right here, the still water would reflect the sound and make it sound like a loudspeaker that without any major effort, you could speak to thousands of people without amplification, without a microphone, without a sound system, that everybody could hear him very uh, clearly, he wouldn't have to raise his voice in order to be heard by the crowd that's on the beach. And so Jesus is preaching. And Jesus here, as he's preaching, also has his eyes on these fishermen, getting ready to call them. And he's preparing their hearts by the word of God. As they're listening, he's preparing. Which brings us to a second thing. We saw starting off fisher for fishermen. Then we see fishing for fish. Fishing for fish. Notice with me in verse 4. Now when he, Jesus, had left speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Now if, as he uh, finishes his message, he says, Simon, how about we go fishing? Why don't you show me what you do? Why don't you grab you and Andrew and let's go out and let's go Go fishing. Let down your nets. And Simon, this is Peter, answering and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. So Peter says, listen, me and my crew, we've already worked all night. We've spent all night, we didn't catch anything. So we spent all morning cleaning our nets. And now as it's morning time, we've listened to you preach. It is bedtime, not work time. We're tired. However, you're the master. You're the teacher. At your word. Notice what he said. At thy word, I will let down the net. Now notice if you don't mind. This is where English grammar and paying attention to the words is important. In verse number four, Jesus gave them instructions to let down their nets. Plural. Let down all your nets. Jesus tells Peter, let down your nets. Peter looks back at him and says, listen, we worked all night long, but you know what? Just, just, to, just to kind of pacify you, we'll let down a net. How about that? And so he let down a single net. Now this story is going to get pretty amazing in a second. What would it be like if Peter actually obeyed the Lord? Here, he partially obeyed the Lord and saw God work. What would happen if he fully obeyed God? So, notice what happens. Verse number 6. And when they had thus done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. So, they had fished all night and they didn't catch anything. One of those days, oh great. So as they're cleaning their nets, Jesus comes forward. They said, alright, we might as well listen to a preach. And so they let down their nets. Jesus Puts them out and says, let's go fishing. Hey guys, let down your net. Now the fishers are like, we just fixed this. We just cleaned this. If we put them in, they're going to get seaweed all over them. And we're going to have to clean them. This is one of the reasons why Peter said, let down the net. 
We'll just, we'll, we'll do one. Just, you just, just to keep you happy, we'll let you down one. He wasn't expecting much. Just let down one. You know, just to make you happy, just to kind of get it over with. But pff, I don't want to go through the work of cleaning all the nets just because you said so. So they let down the one net and immediately they set down the net. Now these are big uh, cargo nets, just huge nets. They set it down in the water and it just so happened. Don't you like it when God just so happens to do stuff? Like a huge school of fish just swam into the net and they got caught in. They let it down and all of a sudden they got a whole ton of fish. Just like that. So much that the net began to break. That's a lot of fish. And so it just so happened that the biggest catch they've ever had happens to land at their feet. They just send down one net and they have too much and the net's starting to break. Verse 7, and they, that's Peter and Andrew, beckoned to their partners, which would be James and John, who, which were in the other ship, that they could come and help them. Can you hear this? They drop the thing in there. They catch it. They start trying to pull and it starts breaking. Hey, John! James! Get out here! We need you now! And so they got to take the time to get their ship and to come over here. Hey, what's going on? And they see the big fish. And so they all start putting the, the nets up. So they came and filled both of the ships with what? Fish. So that both of the ships were about ready to sink because there was so many fish in it. The biggest catch. And they only let down one net. Pretty, their biggest day ever as fishermen. The most successful day in just one net. In just a couple minutes time. They worked all night and didn't get anything. Set it down for a couple minutes. When Jesus is in it, that's all that was needed. Now they got so many, they're about ready to sink both of their ships. There's so many fish in there. Their nets are breaking and they're like, Ooh, they've never seen so many fish are flopping around. Can you imagine being in a boat and it's so full of fish that you know, you're just kind of stuck in there? Fish are trying to flop back out. There's a lot of fish. It's starting to go along the water line. And you're, there's a lot of things going on. You're more excited than scared. Just never seen this before. What is Jesus doing? We had started off by preaching the word and getting a hold of their heart. Then what he did is he started to work in their everyday life. To show that he's not just the God of Sunday or God of the Sabbath day. But God is able to bless and work in our everyday life, in our jobs, where we work. Now, he's doing it for a purpose. We see that he started by fishing for fishermen. Then we could see this incident where they were fishing for fish. But now, he now gives them a new job for them to be fishing for men. Notice with me in verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, meaning the situation, he fell down at Jesus' knees. By the way, in the middle of all the fish. He's still on the ship. And he sees this and they get all the fish in there and the fish are going over. Peter gets down in the boat on his knees in front of Jesus and says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. Why was he astonished? Because he just witnessed God work in his everyday life. 
You know, when we start talking about following after God, it is more than just a one day a week. It's more than a, just a one service a week. But God is able to do a work in our everyday life. And after the preaching of God's word, which softened it, which prepared him to see this great miracle that Jesus did at just a moment in his everyday life, he knew without a doubt this was God. He knew without a doubt this was Jesus. He knew without a doubt that this was, he had something that was beyond ordinary. Beyond his everyday experience. And it was at that moment he said he was surrendering. When he's surrendering to, to Jesus and he puts himself at his feet, he is now saying, you're the master. I'm the servant. I'm willingly putting myself. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. I surrender. I surrender. You tell me what to do. I surrender. So notice with me in verse 9. For he, Peter, was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes that they had taken. I mean, everyone's excited. Andrew's there going, wow. James and John are like, wow. Now, may I remind you, this is the most successful business day they have ever had. This, they have never had a more profitable day than this. But notice what happens. Verse 10. So was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Fear not. Why was he afraid? Because he just surrendered to God and was wondering what God was going to do with him. It's a fearful thing to surrender to God. What is he going to do with me? What is he going to have me to do? Fear not. Isn't it amazing how many times this idea of fear not's already popped up in the gospel record of Luke? Fear not. From henceforth, thou shalt catch men. Now notice this. And when they, James, John, Peter, Andrew, brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Their most successful, their most profitable day they have ever had, and they left it immediately. They're done. Done with the business. They walked away. James and John walked away from their father that day. Peter and Andrew closed up shop. They quit their business that day. Forsook everything and followed after Christ. And said, Christ, we're going to give our life to doing what you'd have us to do. What would you have us to do? Jesus said, from henceforth, thou shalt catch fish. Or fat, catch men. In fact, hold, turn with me if you don't mind to the gospel record of Matthew chapter 4. And let's look at the parallel passage and see something else that Jesus had said in this. Now the gospel record of Luke gives more detail than the gospel record of Matthew. <laughs> Remember Dr. Luke did a research project and he did an interview. And he talked to, Jane, or to John. He talked to Peter. He talked to Andrew. He was able to get their story. The gospel record of Matthew was written by Levi who was a tax collector who came after the fact. So he summarizes the story because he wasn't there. But it was important because he heard Peter and James talk about it. Notice this if you don't mind in uh, Matthew 4 verse 18. Matthew 4 18. And Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishers. Now in the gospel record of Luke we have the more 
detailed story of what happened. This is just a summary statement. But notice this in verse number 19. And he, Jesus, saith unto them, Andrew and Peter, and by uh, implication, James and John, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now this is a big statement. Notice this, if we could see here, there's a couple of things. First of all, we could see here, <laughs> this progression here, follow me. What was it that James and John, what was it that Peter and Andrew was supposed to do with their lives? Follow him. Follow Jesus. Follow after him. Where he goes, we go. We just be, we're just going to be with him. Spending time with him. Following after him. Notice this, this progression. We could see here the priority. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What was the purpose of Jesus' life? We're going to see in the gospel record of Luke a little bit later. That he came to seek and to save that which was lost. That was the whole purpose of Christ. Was to seek those who were dying and going to hell. Those that didn't know how to get to heaven. Those that didn't know how to get their sins forgiven. They, Jesus came to those people. He came to us. To seek after us. To find us. And to show us salvation. That was the purpose of Christ. And when Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He says, my purpose is now your purpose. You are now going to go fish for men. You used to fish for fish. You used to fish for living things that died. I want you to go fishing for dead things that are going to live. We're changing the priority. You're now fishing for men. And you're looking for men. And you're going to bring them to the Lord. That's the purpose. Is to show them how they can know for sure that their sins are forgiven. This priority. Then notice the progression that goes with it. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now our part is clear. We're to follow after Christ. If we follow after Christ, Jesus Christ made a promise that he will make us into fishers of men. This is the making process that God is doing in every life of a believer who follows after him, who decides, I'm going to follow Jesus with my life. What is he going to do with me? He's going to make you a fisherman. He's going to make you. He's going to put some things in your life. He's going to take some things out of your life. He's going to shape you. He's going to change your heart. He's going to change your way until you have no choice but to be a soul winner. If you have the heart Christ has, you have the heart of a soul winner. That's the making that he has. Now, notice this if we work backwards. If someone is not a fisher of men, it's evidence that Christ has not made them, which is further evidence that they are not following him. This makes it pretty easy, isn't it? If you follow Christ, you will be a fisher of men. If you are not fisher of men, it is because you are not following him. You see, God makes things simple. We make things complicated. God does a making work in every follower of him. When he told James and John, when he told Peter and Andrew, follow me, they forsake all. They said, nothing is more important than what God has given us to do. And so they left their jobs. Now we understand there's a difference between a calling to preach. They went and did this full time with their life. But we understand for every believer, you are to be looking for fishing for men. They're all over the place. 
You work with them. You live next to them. They're at the gas station. They're walking down the street. They're at the park. They may be your grandchildren. They may be a loved one. They're all over. And God is not willing that any shall perish, but all shall come to repentance. Well, who's going to reach them? You. If you are a follower of Christ, God wants to use you to reach those people. Every single one of us, God has chosen for us to be a fisher of men. Our place is not to force ourselves to be a fisher of men. Come on, come on. Our part is to follow after him. As we follow him, he does a work in our life. He begins to make us. He begins to prepare. Remember what he did with Peter? He had the preaching of God's word. Softened him up. Prepared him. Then what did he do? Jesus showed up at Peter's work. He started to work where he was at. He started to see that God was involved in his everyday life. That God was there. He was interested in what was happening at home. He's interested in what's happening at work. He's interested. He starts showing up. And he starts working around. And he starts showing. Look, God is real. And with that, it's easy to surrender and say, God, whatever you'd have me to do. He says, follow me. And what I'm going to do is if you follow me, I'm going to do a work in your life to make you into something. What am I going to make you into? Someone who's fishing for men. Why? Because there's so many people who are lost. So many people who need the word. And he's not willing that any of them should perish. He's not willing that any of them should die and go to an awful place called hell. And so God's purpose is... He's already died, so no one has to go. He went up uh, to go to that awful place called hell. Then he arose up from heaven, sent his Holy Spirit to indwell and work in us so we can continue the work that he started. We're just continuing with what Jesus already started. He started the process to reach every person in the world. We're continuing with that. His purpose becomes our purpose as we follow him. So, what do we do with such things? Well, first of all, have you ever surrendered and said, God, whatever you would have me to do, whatever it is, I surrender. You know, that's a good place to start. We know what he's going to do, but there's a surrendering that comes with it. It's what Peter did when he bowed and said, Lord, depart from me for I'm a sinner. I'm a sinful man. I just recognize I'm nothing and you're everything and you just tell me what to do. There was a surrender. There was a recognition that God was God, not me. I'm just the servant. Have you ever cut to the place where you recognized your role? He's God and that you're his servant. You're nothing in, without him. Then dear friend, the next thing, are you following after him? Now again, let's define our terms. What does it mean to follow after him? Well, it's to have a relationship, a fellowship with him. Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you being faithful to church? Are you being obedient to what God has given you to do? You say, how do I know what God has given me to do? That's a great question. Well, first of all, he tells you to do stuff in here. But he also works through biblical authority. Like your pastor. There's things that God gives through biblical authority. Maybe a boss. You want to find out if you're obedient. Let your boss give you something that you don't want to do and see if, how submitted you are. Or a teacher. Here's some homework for you. 
Stupid homework. Shows how submitted you are. Remember, submission doesn't come when we agree with authority. That's called unity. That's what we want. Submission comes when we disagree with authority. Are you willing to be obedient to what is given to you? God works a biblical authority. Are the things that maybe pastors given you to do through the preaching of God's word or some other way, they, are you willing to obey those? Are you willing to do that? Find something to obey. That's what it means to follow after Christ is let him take us by the hand and let us lead us step by step by step. And where he finally leads us to is when we're fishing for men. And he says, all right, now that you're following me, you have my heart, you have my desire, then let's go together and let's see these people come to know Christ. And that becomes the heartbeat. Anyone could become a soul winner. Evangelism is not a gift, a spiritual gift. It's a command. We either obey or disobey. It's as simple as that. Obeying Christ's clear commands. We could know this is what God does in our life. And we're thankful for this. As Jesus now begins to call disciples out. What is he looking for? He's looking for people to follow after him. He's still looking for people to follow after him. So let me ask you. Are you a good follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.